in today's show. We're here to look back at all of the action eight games from Monday, some waiver wire trends as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's pricepix.com and the promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look at Monday's action. There were eight games on. We're going to talk about all of those. A quick reminder, we're a few days away, though, from the trade deadline show going live, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, February the 9th on the YouTube channel. Go and check it out. You can see the link if you are on YouTube now up the top. Go uh, go, go over there. Hit the like. I want to hit the 500 likes before we go live. That'd be great. I think we're not, that, not too far away. So if you go over there, hit a like, get it locked into your calendar as we talk about all of the trade deadline stuff. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Steph, is it four weeks that he's out? Mm, feels like it. I said yesterday, I think he's going to be out all of February. Still obviously sticking by that. If it's a minimum of four weeks, it's maybe a little bit longer than that. So that is obviously not ideal. It, it, on, in some fantasy leagues, like Locked On Fantasy Basketball, our playoffs start in two weeks. and Or two and a half weeks. You might have to drop him. Like, honestly, you have injured reserve slots and you hold them there in that sort of situation. But that's a long time, man. And when you get in the playoffs and if you don't have open injured slots... You have to make tough calls. It's it's really hard. We'll see what happens with DiVincenzo. And they actually made a different change to their lineup today. They didn't start DiVincenzo. They started Kaminga in that role and pushed Looney to the bench. So some interesting things going on there. But that is not great if you have Steph, obviously. Kevin Porter Jr. Looks like he'll be out through the All-Star break. We'll get hopefully an update on him next week. But it looks like the All-Star break. It's getting a little bit to the... um. Uh, situation of he maybe being a drop. I think I'd like to hold because, again, we're like a week and a half away from an extended break of the All-Star, and he should be able to come back through that time. But it's not obviously ideal. So we want to pay attention to his status. Uh, That obviously helps KJ Martin, him being out. No timetable on Seth Curry. I'm expecting him to be out this week with a groin. Again, the the issue of the All-Star break coming up gives that extended rest with no games, so you can miss extra time and not be penalized any games played. Seth's not a 12-team league guy at all. And we'll talk extensively about the Brooklyn Nets later on, but he's got no timetable. Luka Doncic is going to be out on Wednesday, but Kyrie is going to make his uh, Dallas Mavericks debut on uh, on Wednesday. So Luka won't be there, but Kyrie will be there. So we still won't have a full understanding of what's going on with that team and rotation and minutes and shots because we won't have the two big guys playing together. But that is where we're at with that. Let's look at the waiver wire, the most added and dropped players. Over the last 24 hours, um, Cam Thomas up 51%. Worked out really well, didn't it? 
Now, look, I'm, I'm, I admit, oh shit, as I hit my microphone here, I, I'd admit when I'm wrong on things all the time, uh, all the time. So I, I was not big on Cam Thomas at all as a player. I think he's a pretty empty scorer. Um, what I did say is that I don't think I would waste an early early week waiver add on adding him. And obviously his performance today was unbelievable. It was just, it was ridiculously good. And if you added him, you're really, really happy with that. I still maintain that over the course of the rest of the season, that Thomas is not going to maintain as a 12-team league guy. And we'll talk more about that later. And adding him now was totally okay. Look, if you added him on the weekend, even better because you didn't have to waste a week 17 ad for it. But there are so many, and we're going to talk Thomas a lot later. There are so many things with this Thomas situation that are weird and uh, strange and worth diving into. Edmund Sumner up 49% as well. Again, really, really strong stream for this back-to-back. Excellent. I don't. I didn't recommend streaming. Again, missing out on Thomas, it's a bummer. It's probably an L from me to say, yeah, I wouldn't waste a stream on him. You got a huge performance on Monday. But my again, my long-term view of it is a huge performance Monday versus maybe missing out on something good later in the week. I don't know with that. But what I am, yeah, my, my rationale behind it all was save some moves for the deadline and then you can stream on the weekend. Now, it's almost definitely you will not get a better stream opportunity or a better stream performance over the weekend than you got from Thomas uh, today. There's almost no way that's the case. I, I accept that. I get that. But in terms of when we're looking through it, I still think that it's going to be really hard to maintain that value. DiVincenzo up 34%. Well, I'm recording this as the Warriors game is starting, so we'll find out how Dante looked in that game without Steph. I think he is okay, Ad. I think he can give value for five to six weeks that's sort of back-end 12-team. Uh, Dasumu up 13%. That's with Caruso out. Eh, like, that's so low value that I don't think I'd, I wouldn't have bothered there. Timmy Hardaway up 13%. I wouldn't have bothered either. Royce O'Neal up 12 Again, probably wouldn't have bothered. And the same with Malachi Branham, even though I do think Branham's a good player. So much of what Branham's been able to do has been because three players have been injured out of the backcourt, not even including Devin Vassell. Maybe it's two players, not even including Devin Vassell. And I just don't think that that extended opportunity is always going to be there. I would definitely have added Branham over Hardaway or O'Neal but I wouldn't have got too excited. Well, Josh Green up 9%. Uh, I'd hope that's more deeper league stuff, but uh, I don't think that he's a must-roster 12-team league player um, Yeah, with with the trade. So I'm not even sure the stuff has finished happening with, with uh, both of those teams. The most drop players, Aaron Neesmith and Timothy John McConnell down 17%. McConnell's the easiest drop ever. But again, if you're dropping someone today, like does that mean you're adding someone? That's wasting a move. I wouldn't have done it. Neesmith down 21%. Like both of these two guys, Absolutely not. Neesmith and McConnell, they don't need to be 12-team league guys, and they are absolutely eminently droppable for a player with long-term value. Quentin Grimes down 15%, totally droppable. Cole Anthony down 14%. Nas Reed, the Wizard of Noz, down 12%. Jose Alvarado down 10%. Brandon Clark down 9%, and Emmanuel Quickly down 9%. Every single one of those players, if you drop them in a vacuum in a 12-team league, I've got no problem with it. I wouldn't argue with a single one of those. What I wouldn't have done is drop them on Monday and used a week 17 waiver ad to replace them. So if all of these guys are on your roster, they're all droppable to me once things settle down with the trade deadline and we know where value lies. But I wouldn't have dropped them to add someone today. And I hope that differentiation makes sense or it's easy enough uh, to follow. I, th- I think it is. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We all love a treat, don't we? We love things that taste great and Built Bar does taste great. You know why? The secret? It's covered in 100% real chocolate. It is low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, but high in protein, like 17 grams in a bar. And they've got great flavors right across the board. Fruity flavors, nutty flavors, chocolatey flavors, whatever you want. 
Built Bar has got all of them. Someone asked me today, Josh, are you just promoting Built Bar or do you have you actually eaten them? Yeah, I've got like I've had like 20 boxes of them here. I think I've got two boxes left at the moment. It's a process for me to get. I've got to get it sent through random international shippers to get them sent here. But I get I do. And I get them because I love them. They taste bloody great. But you don't even have to go to that problem that I do. You can just walk into Walmart. Because in the pharmacy section, they've got four bar boxes. Coconut puffs, cookies and cream, and double chocolate. But at Sam's Club, they've got the big boys. The 13 bar boxes of churro and then brownie batter flavor as well. So go to Built.com. Find your boxes. Go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club and order Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at the games, shall we? First one. Hmm. Boston, Boston and Detroit, the Celtics win this game. In the end, it was probably a little bit closer than they hoped. 111-99, the final score here. Boston gets the victory. There was no Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart. A lot of people um, saying, oh, that's interesting. Is Jalen getting traded for KD? I don't think so, but who knows? Jason Tatum was great. 39 minutes, 34 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. While the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams. Really big game uh, for him. Um, what do you have? 15 and 15, two steals, a block, 78%. There are still people telling me, man, what am I doing with this guy? I get better production off the waiver wire. How long do we have to wait? Like, well, what are you talking about? What are you waiting for? 15 and 15, two steals, a block, 78%. This is a 36th ranked player over the last week. He's 71st for the season, despite not playing big minutes. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what you're expecting from Robert Williams. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I, how, I don't know how you could have asked for much more than this. Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. 23, 7, and 7 in 37 minutes. He got the edge over Brogdon. I feel like every game they seem to go back and forward. Brogdon only played 26 minutes. White played 37. They're both good for now, but I think long-term they won't be. 16 and 4 assists with 4 triples for Brogdon while they started Samuel Hauser in place of Jalen Brown. 31 minutes for Hauser. 15 points, all from three. No surprise. Five triples there. I don't think we need to worry too much about that, but I am. I do think you need to worry about Al Horford. Three, six, and three, 17%. Now, what I will say about Al Horford is the shooting numbers are going to come up. He's routinely going under 20% at the moment. That is going to come up. But it's just, I don't know, it's just a lack of excitement. Do you always want excitement, exciting players? No. You want boring players, but you want the boring players to be consistent. And he's not even doing that. If you're in a 10-team league or a 12-team points league, you do not need to roster Al Horford. In a 12-team category league, I get it, but I'm also starting to get it less. I'm not sure that he needs to be held on to. I think he does, but he's doing nothing in the minutes that he's getting. And that's been a consistent theme for multiple stretches throughout the season for Big Al. Unfortunately for him, we'd like him to be a bit more consistent. It just has not been the case. Let's do the second game. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Washington Wizards. The Cavs win it easily, 114-91. Rubio was resting in this game. Jared Allen had 23-8 with two blocks. Don only played 28 minutes. Don Mitchell, 21-6-5. Better game there. But honestly, I don't know how much to read into this. Like, outside of Allen playing a ton of minutes, no one else really played much. Okoro was strong again, 12 points, two threes. He's looking like a 14-team league option. Levert was okay, 10-8-4 with two steals. Don't think he's a 12. Garland did have an issue with his hand, but returned to the game. 23-2-5 with three steals. Just good numbers from everybody all around. And Mobley had two steals, two blocks. Mobley's really starting to close in on the top 50 now after a bit of a slow start. 26 minutes for Dean Wade. Kevin Love remains out of the rotation and will for the immediate term. So obviously we don't need to roster Kevin Love. He's still rostered in 12-10 leagues, Kevin Love. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be. And for the Wizards, there was no Beal, no Kuzma. So 
we still don't get a full understanding. But what we did get was Danny, Denny Avdia starting and doing not much. And this is my skepticism on Avdia being this excellent, unbelievable ad. 12-4-3, two steals. That's totally solid. It's totally good. But it's without Beal and Kuzma. And really, with Beal and Kuzma playing, we have not seen Avdia do anything great. And that is honestly my worry about him moving forward. Absolutely okay to hold, but to me, he's like... Again, we have to realistically assess our roster. Is he your 13th best player heading into the trade deadline? Is he your 12th best player? And if he is, he's totally droppable. Dan Gafford, 11 and 8, three blocks. But of course, in what he is now tradition for Daniel Gafford, he had a um, trip to the locker room in the fourth quarter. Didn't return. We don't actually know what's happened. That's frustrating for sure. With him, um, his game was good. 11 and 8 with three blocks. You can't ask for more than that either. Porzingis had 18 and 7. Monte did not much. 10 points with 7 uh, assists. And uh, Dylan Wright, yeah, I think we can get rid of him. 0 points, 3 assists, 1 steal. You had him for steals and you hoped you get a few other things on top of that. The steals were dried up and nothing else is there either. Kispert, uh, I don't think he's very good. 2 points in 26 minutes for Corey on 14% shooting. And Farton Will Barton played 27 minutes. A lot of minutes for Will Barton. I don't think we need to care about it, but he played them and he was all right. Just a weird game though with Beal out and uh, Kuzma out, of course. The next game is an interesting one for many reasons. The Clippers get the win, 124-116. For everything you heard about this game, you think it's a big Nets blowout. No, they lost by eight points. Um, Paul George, 29-4-3 with two steals. Kawhi had 24-4-6, big games. And Zubats had 19-12. and But Ty Lue, who'd been going away from using... Um, the guards, well, he used a lot of them. Luke Kennard came back into the rotation, played 15 minutes. Reggie Jackson played 27 minutes for 12 points. Norman Powell cooled off. He had 14, 3, and 4. Still not a bad game from Powell, and he remains a 12-team league player, but you know i am always got a level of skepticism about Powell maintaining what he does. It also helps in this one that Marcus Morris was ejected. What a shocker that is. He had two points in 17 minutes. He'd been playing all right. He is not a must-roster 12-team league player, though. And Terrence Mann was okay. The three blocks are nice for Mann, 12 and 9 in his 25 minutes. We're still looking at him more as a 14-team league guy versus a 12-team. And then the big story, of course, is on Brooklyn. Because Cam Thomas played 39 minutes as a starter, and he went crazy again. 47 points, 7 threes, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. They are fantastic numbers. 91% from the line, 52% from the field. He had the worst plus minus out of all starters, though. Their bench was bad. He wasn't the reason they lost this, quite obviously, Cam Thomas. But one thing I know about this is he is one of the biggest sell highs you will ever see. And you will say, no one's giving you anything for him, Josh. And that might be totally fine. And I understand that. And therefore, you just write it out. But I take my information from many sources. You might be in the sharpest of sharp leagues and your league is, you know, if you lose the league, you have to commit ritual suicide in front of everyone. That's how serious it is. And that's fine. You might have been doing these trades, but not everyone's like that. Not every league's like that. And there are people who go crazy. Like I can tweet something about Cam Thomas. Go, man, this is this is who he is. He, he can continue to do this. I oh, might not score 40 a game, but maybe 30, maybe 25 a game. Like, okay. So now I know who to sell high to. All right. There is a lot happening here which is literally impossible for him to continue. Just look at the players who aren't there. Durant, Dinwiddie, Simmons, Finney-Smith, Curry. They all might be back next week. In fact, Simmons is going to play tomorrow. Dinwiddie might play tomorrow. Finney-Smith might play tomorrow. I don't know about those ones. And Thomas, again, even if he continued to play, or you know, he, he played like a sizable role, he's not going to have 43% usage. And he shot, what did he shoot? 64% from three. 
This is a guy who's like a 33% shooter from three last season, albeit he's 40% for the season. He is on a gigantic hot streak. He relies heavily on massive usage. He got huge minutes and he doesn't do really anything else. And this was all fantastic now. And I'm not saying this to shit on Cam Thomas. I thought Cam Thomas should have gone a lot higher in his draft. I don't love him as a player type. I don't think that he's necessarily a huge winning type player. He's a guy that wows us with big scoring nights when there's nobody else around. But he really carried this team. And I don't think on a team with Dinwiddie, with Durant, with Simmons, with Finney Smith, with Curry, with all those guys, he's going to be afforded anywhere near this level of offensive leniency. Not only will he not play 39 minutes a night, he literally might not play. Now, I think... The way that he's playing at the moment will give him the benefit of the doubt to get some minutes, for sure. But when Kyrie was suspended at the start of the year, he had like two, three good games and then did nothing and faded away and went back out of the rotation. And now we lost Kyrie, yes, but we got two players in, two probable starters in, not two nonsense players. We got two good players, two starting caliber players. So Johnson isn't likely going to... Or not Johnson. Thomas isn't likely going to start. I've heard people say he'll just start next to Dinwiddie. Will he? Dinwiddie, Thomas, O'Neal, Finney-Smith, Claxton. Then there's Durant and there's Simmons and there's Curry and there's Harris and there's Warren and there's Yuda. There's too many guys for him to consistently get 25 minutes a night and to consistently get 34% usage. And that's me taking 10 percentage points usage off what he's had the last two games. And again, I, I, it sounds like I'm just trying to be a hater. Josh, you told us not to add him. So that's why you're telling us this. I said not to add him because I didn't think it could last long term. And clearly, in the short term, it was absolutely wrong. Like he went bananas. But if you added him thinking, you know what Cam Thomas will do? Be um, only the second player ever to score 40 points in back-to-back games um, when you're age 21 or whatever it is. Him and LeBron. That's, I'm going to pick up Cam Thomas because I think he's going to score 90 in two games. All right, if you thought that, you're lying. You're lying. So when I said I'm not a fan of picking him up, it's because I didn't think that this was real. And if you come out and say, you know what? He's going to score 45. He's going to do it on 45% usage. And he's going to also shoot 70% from three. Uh, you get laughed out of the room because it's it's impossible to predict that sort of stuff. But he did it. And congratulations to him. And in the end, the, the re- I think the process was right. The result was wrong. But when I try to look at it again, my, my number one thing is get a piece of paper out. You got 240 minutes on the Nets team. Things can still change. They might trade KD. They might trade Seth Curry. I don't know what they're going to do. Things can change. And if you've got Cam, you hold on. But I would also be very, very interested in a sell high because it's just getting those minutes for a guy that struggles defensively, struggles to pass, and just needs... Literally, it's just give the ball to Cam Thomas and get out of the way iso ball, which has been his style at LSU and his style in his two years in the NBA. If that, if you think that is going to lead to winning play alongside Durant and all these other guys, I, I just think that's incorrect. I, I just don't see how that is going to play out. And that's why I have my stance on Cam Thomas. He's flying. If anyone gave you top 70 for him, I would snap it up immediately. But but they might, they might not. And therefore, you write it out. And maybe it's an L for not adding it. And maybe he does become the most unbelievable scorer and efficiency guy of all time over the last 30 games. Can't rule it out, but I sort of can. I hope all that makes sense. Again, does it sound like I'm being a hater? Sure, label me a hater. I, don't, I, I Honestly, I don't give a fuck because I'm not doing that. I'm just trying to go. Everything we do is based on balancing projections and balancing minutes and shots. And when I put it all together and Cam Thomas sits there with maybe 20 minutes a night, there's no way he does this. There's just no way. And that's how I got to view it. Claxton, 15 and 16, two steals and three blocks. Really good. Edmund Sumner, 
awesome again. His two games have been fantastic. 23 points, 5 and 3. I'm not even sure he's in the rotation when everyone's healthy. But he was really, really strong here. O'Neal was good, 15 points with 5 threes. Tony Warren, I, I think Tony Warren's out of the rotation when Durant's back. I don't think he's going to play. I don't think Watanabe is going to play either. I think that Thomas can get the ninth or 10th rotation spot pretty easily. But that would mean Warren, Watanabe, and Sumner all don't play. That's realistic. I think that is realistic. Warren's really strong. He's doing nothing. And Yuda went scoreless in his 21 minutes. Today's episode is also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not daily fantasy that you've seen before with salary caps or with thousands of people that you're going up against. It's just straightforward over-under player projections. You might see Cam Thomas's line is set at 40 and a half points. And depending on how you feel about Cam Thomas, you might think he's going to score more than that tomorrow. Or you might think that the bubble bursts and he scores only 20. So you go less. Well, you can do it for assists, or you can do it for rebounds. You do two to six of those individual player projections, put them into one lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry feedback. You can do it fast, simple, under 60 seconds in over 30 US states and in most Canadian territories and provinces. And you can do it for more sports than just the NBA. You can do it for the Super Bowl. You can do it for the NHL season, women's college basketball, the upcoming seasons of WNBA, Major League Baseball. You can do it for men's college basketball, cricket, PGA golf, NASCAR, boxing, MMA, and of course, the GOAT disc golf. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's go to the next one. The Spurs lose to the Bulls pretty comfortably. 128-104. The Spurs were without Vassell, obviously, Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan, Romeo Langford. Kelton Johnson was questionable, played 21 points, two rebounds, two assists. That's a very Kelton line, but he was really efficient as well. 67 from the field and 100% from the line. While Pirtle played 30 minutes. I can't figure this guy's minutes out at all. 14-9, four assists and two blocks. Solid. Really good. Who knows what happens in the next week? Kata Bates-Diop has been getting steals pretty well, but didn't get him here. 9-5-2, he's not really a 12-team league player. Well, Josh Richardson did get the steals, four steals for him. He's worth it while these guys are out. Same as Malachi Branham. 15-5-4, inefficient from Branham, 33% with no defensive stats. He's been playing well, but these are the sort of things that as a rookie who's been forced into a larger role, I find it hard to think that he's going to be a must-roster 12-team league guy down the stretch when these guys come back. Also a stinker. From Zach Collins, a real stinking game. Eight and two in 13 minutes. I still, look, if I've got him, I'm just going to hold for the deadline and see what happens. But this was bad. Absolutely no doubt about that. This was really bad. Doesn't mean it'll be bad moving forward. Doesn't mean it'll be good moving forward. But I would still hold. For the Bulls, Drummond, what on earth is this? 21 minutes for Andre Drummond. 21 and 15, three steals and a block, perfect shooting. Is Andre Drummond this good? Pretty obviously not. This is an amazing game. It also took... Um, him playing this well and Vooch only playing 24 minutes and it being a blowout and it being against the Spurs. Do not waste anything on Andre Drummond. If you're in a deeper league, sure, but this guy had literally been out of the rotation. I don't know whether he gets back in. I do know that he's not going to maintain this level of production pretty comfortably. He's not going to do that. This was a great game, but also completely one out of the box. But as you can see, like Pat Williams played 18 minutes only. That's weird. That meant Derek Jones played 26 minutes. He had two steals and two blocks. I'm almost inclined to throw nearly all of this out from the Bulls' point of view. Kobe White played 33 minutes. He had 12 points. Dasumu had 10 points in 31 minutes. Caruso, maybe he plays tomorrow. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not sure. But like, again, even though they play tomorrow, like Drummond's not doing this again. Kobe White's probably not doing that again. Derek Jones is probably not playing 26 minutes with two steals and two blocks. Vooch is not going 21 and 12 in 24 minutes. 
there's just, we look at all of this and I go, yeah, that's all really good, but I don't know what to learn from this. I don't think I learned anything. It was great to see a big turnaround performance from Drummond, but it happened. If I add him, it's probably never happening again. Maybe it does one more time, but most likely not. I think it's just one of those random out-of-the-blue performances where he dominated. He did dominate. Don't get me wrong. Drummond dominated this game uh, off the bench, but he has not like he's been given no opportunities at all at any other point. He's just struggled with them. So I don't think we need to do anything crazy or anything like that with him. But it is something to, to remember, but I don't think there's anything really as a huge takeaway from it. The next game was also a blowout. The Kings beat the Rockets 141-20. Keegan Murray, really good bounce back. It's all about shooting with this guy. Now, he did got two steals, which is good, but 30 points, eight triples, 65%. He has these hot shooting nights, and then he has horrendous shooting nights. It feels like there's no in-between. Sabonis was really good after a terrible game yesterday. 17-7 and 10 and Herder was also pretty strong. 16-4-4, but it helps when you play the Houston Rockets. Good to see that De'Aaron Fox was back after missing a couple of games. His efficiency was off, but 16-4-8, two steals and a block is nice. We also got Malik Monk, who's in the middle of a real hot streak. Now, when Malik Monk gets in a hot streak, he's worth grabbing. I don't know if he's worth grabbing when we're preserving ads, but he's on the borderline to me. 20 points with four triples. While Barnes had 9-5-3-26, and three, and 26, I don't believe Barnes is a 12-team league guy, but you've heard me say that plenty of times. And Davion Mitchell went back to the bench with Fox returning. He had 5-1-5 five, and, five, and just, honestly, he's been one of the worst fantasy producers this season. Not a lot else happening there. Trey Lyles is all right with 14 points, but again, when you're up against a team like the Rockets, you can inflate your stats pretty easily. Shangun got his minutes back in this one, 36 minutes, 15, 7, and 7. No defensive stats, not his greatest game, but good to see the minutes push back up. Well, Eric Gordon continues to play really well without Kevin Porter. 16 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Shot really well. I don't think any of this carries over if he does head onto a new team or even when Porter returns. So while there is some 12-team value at the moment for Eric, I don't think it lasts. Jalen Green... Had a terrible start, but recovered all right. 27 points, five threes, two steals, 48%. If we can get him shooting 48%, like that solves our problem with him. The problem is I don't think we can trust that. KJ Martin, really good value at the moment. 18 and eight, he should be on a 12-team roster and he should have been for a while. But I'm finding it really hard to have any faith in both Jabari Smith, who had 13, five and two, and of course, Tari regular season, who had four and five in 18 minutes. And the same thing holds continually with Eason. He doesn't get minutes unless Smith or Shangun are out. That's it. That's how it happens. And I can very easily be proven wrong on that. I'll be I'll be proven wrong on something, many things, many times. I could very easily be proven wrong. But what has happened for 50 games is the truth. He doesn't play unless it's A, a blowout, Smith's injured or in foul trouble, Shingun's injured or in foul trouble. That's it. That's the only way it gets minutes. They won't play him at the three. You get three minutes there, two minutes there. And he is so far down their list of pecking order that even if... Gordon is traded. I don't think that it means Eason's a 12-team league player. You can have him. I've got no problem with it. Because he can still provide value in 20 minutes. But a big, absolute blow-up guy, I, I'm i finding it hard to get to the rationale of how that happens. Unfortunately. Because I love him. I love him as a player. Unfortunately, I just don't see how it gets there. Let's do the next game. Another, another game without the fruits of the Kyrie Irving trade leading to some crazy performances. The Mavericks on the road beat the Jazz 124-111. Let's start with the 229 boys. Jaden Hardy, 26 minutes, 29 points, four threes, four assists, two steals. Joshy Green, 37 minutes, 29 points, three threes, six rebounds. A couple of things to break down here. Both guys shot extremely well. 59% for Green and 67% for Hardy. But I think you just throw all of this out. Like Christian Wood returned, he played 19 minutes. 
Number one, that's not a realistic amount of minutes for Wood. Second thing is, Irving and Doncic, that's minimum 45 shots a game that aren't in this one. So while we do think Josh Green's going to have a pretty sizable role, it's far from guaranteed that he's an every-night starter. Doncic, Irving, start every night. I would assume that Wood starts most nights, and then there's Hardaway in the mix, there's Bullock in the mix, there's Powell in the mix, plus other trades. And even if Josh Green starts, which we have seen, by the way, multiple times this season, he is nowhere near this guy. He was awesome today. I think he's been a very underrated player. I think he's been really, really strong. I'm talking about Green here all season. But he's more, as I detailed on the show yesterday, this game doesn't change my analysis of him being probably a 14-team league guy rather than a 12. You can't look at this and say, okay, well, look at Hardy and Green. They went off. Do we add them? No, because two absolutely massive pieces aren't here. The two biggest pieces, plus the third biggest piece, played half a game. And that's all always interesting to look at. Next game, we're going to have Doncic out, but Kyrie back. So could you have some value in Green? Sure. It's back to that same old argument, though. Do I bother streaming? Is there any long-term future in this? I don't think there is. Like, for example, I've got Josh Green projected as like the 153rd ranked player rest of the season, which is totally okay for 12s, but it more profiles as a 14-team league guy. So... Well, this is really good, it is really good. And the same with Hardy. How do you balance that of these two guys having this level of efficiency in this level of increased role when none of it makes sense for, well, not the next game because there's only one of them coming back and that's Kyrie, but two games later when Doncic and Kyrie both play. And I think, again, be really cautious. No problem doing it. I would rather save the ad. And if you do make the ad to add Josh Green, you're not adding Hardy. I'm pretty sure about that. But if you add Josh Green, watch out who you drop. Be really careful who you drop and try and understand that, look, this is good from Green. And this is what we talk about back on one of the waiver shows when I talked about, hey, save your ads. And if nothing comes at the deadline, you're going to have so many of these situations most likely arise across Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where there are multiple players out and weird unknown guys are going to step up for big minutes and big usage roles. So th- this was good for Green. I just, I'm just i looking longer term. I don't see him as an absolute must-grab guy. We have seen him as a starter many times, and it never goes like this. This was great. This isn't a while. Wow, Dinwiddie's gone. Um, now I'm going to do this every night because Dinwiddie's gone, but Doncic and Irving have to return. It was interesting to see Wood play those limited minutes. I don't know what they're going to do with him. They don't have any forward size players. He's more of a, a four or a five. I could see him and Powell playing together. But like he's going to have to do more than this. Or is he, is he even on this team? I, I don't know. Obviously, we're still holding him. Timmy Hardaway was useless. 17 points on 16 shots. Now, what happened with Green and Hardy could have very easily been, or still could have easily happened to Hardaway and vice versa, that Green took 16 shots and hit five of them like Hardaway and Hardy went four of 12 and the numbers didn't line up. Hardaway still got good usage, but we know that he's very, very inefficient. Yes, yes, we're, we're good with that. Um, they started McKinley Wright, 20 minutes, 10, 3, and 4. Nothing exciting to see there. And Bullock was pretty good as well. Four steals, 13 points, three threes. My evaluation doesn't change. I like Josh Green. I like Jaden Hardy. I don't think they're going to be persistent or consistent 12-team league guys. But the Jazz, Walker Kessler, 27 minutes, 13-9, one steal, three blocks. Vanderbilt was out. It feels like Vanderbilt's getting dealt. I don't know whether he's going to be a must-roster player. I don't mind him as a stash, but I'm not sure about that one. Marketing, 19 and 7. Conley, 10 and 11. He had a little bit of an ankle tweak late, so watch that one. While Sexton, only 25 minutes. He's really not doing enough to be a 12-team league guy. I don't think he's a stash, but I would definitely watch it if Conley is traded. Not a great night for the man on the street. 
Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Really good from the line, but only 37% from the field. 26, 4, and 2. And Agbaji, who's been playing some big minutes, played only 13. They Some jazz people seem to think he's going to play big minutes at some point. I am very, very far from convinced on Agbaji as a good NBA starter or a good fantasy player. But just keep that in mind. 28 minutes from Milinic, 11, 6, and 3. Passable, average, totally okay line. I think he's a 12-team league guy, but if you don't, I'm not going to fight you about it. I'm not going to fight you about anything. It's fantasy basketball, mate. Like, I'm not going to fight anyone about it. But Alinek is something solid enough, and the minutes are back to where they really need to be to be able to produce that 12-team value. The next game, pretty big win here for the Warriors. Without Steph, they need these ones. 141-114 over the Thunder. Aaron Wigo Wiggins, 80% shooting, 19 points, 25 minutes, starting for Lou Dort. And I think that's, there's your sentence, starting for Lou Dort. Wiggins literally doesn't play every night, so I don't think we need to worry too much about this. Giddy was all right, 15, 7, and 8. Shea was all right, 20 points, 38%. Definitely not their best, just okay. And we had the Bronco Jalen Williams struggling offensively, for sure. Broncos country, let's ride. But three steals and a block, still maintain he is a 12-team league player. And then just a bunch of weirdness. Like Trey Mann had 18 in 25 minutes. We obviously can't trust him. Kenrich Williams had nine points in 19. The pig Jalen Williams had five and five. You can't trust anything with this rotation at all outside of those main four and, or main three really. And Dort was out and Williams struggled. Just a bad night. Now for the Warriors, they said they were going to start Looney moving forward. They did not. They started John Kaminga and John Jordan Poole replaced Steph Curry. Clay was really amazing here. 42 points, 12 threes. Not much else. Really, really good shooting. That's a great night, but of course, that's going to drop away. While Poole had 21, 4, and 12, good numbers from him. Good night, go, yeah, sorry, again. Good night from DiVincenzo. 28 minutes, 14 points, 4 threes, 7 assists. That's fantastic. The worry I have with him without Steph is that he's not going to start. He might cap it under 30 minutes. 14, 4, and 7 is really good, but it was a 30-point blowout against the Thunder. Is that a realistic line for him? I think he's probably on the border of someone you do want to add but I'm not feeling super, super confident. Wigan's still not quite there. Not bad. 18, 3, and 4 with a triple one. And Kaminga had 7 and 5 assists in his 23 minutes. I'm not adding him, even though he did start over Kavon Looney. Milk Jerome played 19 minutes. At least an interesting 20-team league guy. He's got enough games left in the two-way barrel for him to stick and play a solid role while Curry is out, but it's not going to be a gigantic role. Well, Looney's a really good rebound streamer. He had 11 boards in his 22 minutes. Let's do the final game now. The Bucks comfortably beat the Blazers, 127-108. Yanni only played 23 minutes. He had some foul trouble, but 24-13-8. Still no defensive stats, but at least we got the field goal percentage back up. Brookie Lopez, who had been struggling, 27-9 with two threes. That's a good way to get us back on track. And it was a good Javon Carter game. Now, he's probably going to have zero points next game, but he had 11-5-3 with three threes. Don't do anything with it. Chris Middleton continues to be annoying in terms of minutes, but surprising in terms of production. 22 minutes, 13, 3, and 5. That's really good for those minutes. But just play 30. Play 32. Hopefully, he's absolutely just fully rolling by the time we hit fantasy playoffs. Grayson Allen was really good last game, so he had 3 and 3 in this one. That's why you can never trust Grayson Allen. While Paddy Connaughton had 11 points, 3 threes, 2 steals. Nice from him. Really good streamer if we were streaming at the moment. Very strong 14-team league guy. Not a 12-team league player in my estimations. Marjan Beauchamp played 13 minutes. Jinglin Joe had 5 and 4. Cool. For the Blazers, Lillard was inefficient, 28-4-5 on 39%, but 12-12 from the line gets it done, whereas Simons was really good from the field. He's on a massive hot streak at the moment, Simons. I would look into seeing if there's any top 40 sell high in him. him 21 points, 5 assists, 50% shooting for 4-4 four four from the line. He's on, he's on a really hot streak at the moment. Top 15 over the last week. 
Drew Eubanks, nothing exciting, nothing sexy, but solid. 10, 4, and 5, 26 minutes. He had four fouls, but it's okay. I get it if you don't want to hold him. And by the time you get to um, trade deadline and there's someone else you want to add, he's totally droppable. But he is clearly the choice over Trenton Watford, who had 6 and 3 in 19 minutes. Usually Eubanks will add two blocks to that and make it look really good. Jeremy Grant, he's the opposite of Simons. He's in a massive slump. I'm finding it really hard to see Lillard, Simons, and Grant all playing well at the same time. Grant had 13 and 3, no assists, no steals. He had two blocks, but shot 31%. We talked a lot about how he was like the fourth best shooter in the entire NBA for a big stretch and how that, I claim that was fake. And it's dropped way off since then. He's going to bounce back from where he is now, but sort of settling somewhere in the middle. And that maybe puts him as like the 90th best player, which is sort of bang on target for where we had him in the draft process around that 95 to 105 mark. He's been better than that, granted, but he has fallen away a little bit here. Gaz Payton had to steal, like, honestly, there are people still holding him in 12-team leagues. There's no need for that. He's a 16-team league guy, and that's really at best at this point. While Nasir Little played 11 minutes, and Josh the Hitman Hart, only 26 for him. 14 and 8 is good numbers, but it's low minutes. I'm still not really sure where to sit with Hart. I think he can be a 12-team league guy. He's not for everybody in 12-team leagues. He's probably not a points league 12-team league guy. There's a massive chance he gets traded. I don't know. There are just so many weird things with Josh Hart where I probably just want to hold get rid of this week, and then make more um, significant determinations on his future. And that'll take us onto the lines of the night. The monstrous goes to actually Clay Thompson. I know you guys will be surprised. The waiver wire line of the night is Jaden Hardy. The young gun of the night is Jaden Hardy. And the dud of the night is Isaiah Stewart. Your top 10 players in category leagues. Number one is Clay Thompson. Number two is Jaden Hardy. Number three is Andre Drummond. Four, Keegan Murray. Five, Cameron Thomas. Six, DeMontis Sabonis. Seven, Nikola Vucevic. Eight, Jason Tatum. Nine, Jordan Poole. And number 10 is Jarrett Allen. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Hardy at one. We just spoke about him. I don't really see this. Andre Drummond. No, I'm not adding him in 12 or 14 teams. Josh Green. 14 teams. Sure, no problem. Eric Gordon. Um, yeah, look, but I think it's going to really die off, but he's been playing really well. I wouldn't waste an add on him. Dwight Powell and Reggie Bullock at five and six, not wasting ads on them at this point. Aaron Wiggins, definitely not. Terrence Mann, no, we'll leave that alone. Sam Hauser, absolutely not. And then number 10 was Karis LeVert. I'm more likely to drop Karis LeVert than I am to add him in 12-team formats. And your top 10 players in points leagues today, number one was Jason Tatum, followed by Cam Thomas, Andre Drummond, Nikola Vucevic. Five was Zubat, six, Claxton, seven, Giannis, eight, Sabonis, nine, Robbie Williams. And number 10 was Keegan Murray. And that will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget... Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those sexy comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.